Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Time for another Custard TV podcast. When I listen back to these, I notice something. I sound really, en- I sound really enthusiastic in the beginning bit, and then about twenty minutes in, I sort of fade into the background, and you can barely get a sensible word out of me. So this is when I am my most active. Hello, Gary, in the London area. Hello, Luke. Hello, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. Hello, Matt, in the grim north. That's probably Hello, Luke. Hello, this is Snapple calling. I think you have I a t- lot of Ribena just before we start. And then I've you got Ribena right. right now. I have got Ribena right now. That's not even a Sales joke. of Maybe Ribena what... have gone up some crazy amount because everything apart from blackcurrant Ribena has hardly any sugar in it. The strawberry one, which has always been my favourite, mm. now has zero sugar, so I'm allowed to drink it. It's amazing, because I thought you and I are drifting apart, and now I realise we can come together again through our mutual love of strawberry Ribena. Have you bought any exotic sweets recently, like midget gems? No, I refuse. I suppose you're still on the flying saucers, Matt, or the cola No, I, I'm on the uh, Marks and Spencer's fizzy sweet bottles. Not just oh. cola, it's a mixed pack of like, cola and ginger beer and... Ooh. Lemonade and things. He's grown up in the world. Marks and Spencers. I can't have too many though. They're like one pound twenty-five a bag. Do we get down to the cost of them? Although I have been eating some love hearts as well recently. Are they the ones with stuff written on them? Yeah. Shall I tell you what's written on this one? Oh, it's just this one's just got a face on it. They've gone over to emojis. Emoji. Yeah. 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 They're not even. They're like emoji hearts. Mm. I'd write to my MP if you hadn't quit last week. <laughs> Typical. Luke, Gary, and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. How's well, the we... driving going, Gary? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I haven't haven't got back on that proverbial horse yet. Oh, I didn't mean. I thought you were driving a car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you start, you're starting with horse uh, and car, are you? And then yeah. wait, wait, wait. Drive a handsome cab around London. <laughs> um, no, I, I haven't got back on that yet. Uh, it, it, it's in my plans to book that this weekend. Have you got space? Have you got a drive where you could leave? Well, no. I, th- there's a drive outside my door, but it's actually my neighbour's. He lives my in landlord. a garage. I know that's uh, well, the I ironic the thing. thing. He's I got live, no room the... to bunk. <laughs> So, uh, but there is room on the, the street I'm in is um, only one way. So it's not busy of, it's not a mass of cars. There'll always be somewhere to park. 
I was going to say, you party cut in the garage and sleep yeah. in the car. Yeah. If you moved <laughs> out, you'd be all right. You'd, you'd, be, yeah. you'd be sorted. The front door is a normal front door. It's not like a garage door, you know. I like the idea that now I could just put, if I had the <laughs> button outside the door, I'd just push it and your whole front room opens up to me. I like that idea. No, I, I, I'll, I'll get on to, uh, to the bloke on Channel 4 about that. Yeah, you could be on amazing small spaces. Or That's right, yeah. Dead of the year. Yeah, shed of the, garage of the year it would have to be, though, wouldn't it? They'd have to expand the brand. TV news, reviews, previews, pick of the week, and how you can support us should you want to uh, via Patreon. We'll talk all about that. Um, there isn't really a great deal of TV news to be had um, this week. But what I would like to start with is ITV scheduling. So one of the things we're going to be talking about uh, on this podcast is the reboot or reunion or anniversary of uh, Millionaire, which has been... Revival, I would say. (sighs) I picked all those R words and you still had to (laughs) pick me up on it. Restart would be another one. (laughs) Okay, so who wants to be Millionaire back for a revival of um, six episodes, I think? Um... No, I can't do that. Yes, six seven. No, it's not on Saturday again. Uh, no, oh, Saturday. Oh no, he's right. to not. Friday. That's seven. It's not even on Friday, is oh, it? Oh, okay, that's okay. Six then. Thursday, you've got to stop being an arse, Matt. It doesn't show you in a good light. My point was that uh, they've, got, <laughs> they've got they've got that. It's on uh, on Friday, but carry on. Oh, shut up, Matt. <laughs> Next week they've got a four-parter. Uh, called Innocent, that's a sort of family crime drama from Chris Lang and Matthew Aldridge uh, over four nights. And the week after that, uh, Davina is in A&E, poor cow, uh, live for four nights in a row. And my question was... Is she doing now and she'll get seen by then, yeah? Uh, and I, but for you, Gary, because you are more of a linear TV watcher than either Matt or myself, yeah. does that sort of scheduling work for you as a viewer or um, doesn't make any difference at all i think that you are who this is designed for yeah i think so often often we'll say did you keep up with this oh no i forgot it was on whereas that innocent which is a which is mm. a solid crime drama next week is from chris lang who did unforgotten it's solid uh, and it's on four nights you won't forget that that's on but i don't know whether the average viewer cares. I think it will depend on the strength of the first episode. And I, I know this is kind of genuinely kind of like, you know, TV 101. If the first episode grits me, then yeah, I'll be back the next night and I'll record things that I would normally watch on a Tuesday. I don't know that this is going to get them more ratings. Is it getting more people talking about it? Is it just to get buzz? I suppose it is uh, to keep momentum. And I suppose with that, we should perhaps start to talk about Millionaire. So with the reviews... In the traditional sense, it's Matt. So this is the revival of the uh, popular quiz show from the sort of late 90s into the 2000s. has been brought back with Jeremy Clarkson uh, instead of Chris Tarrant. And it's basically much the same. There's only a couple of differences. We discussed it last week. That yeah, we, we just a new lifeline ask the host. And there's also uh, now they've introduced the fact that you can set your own sort of second safety net which used to be 32,000 you can now put it wherever you want and you know go home say safe with like 16,000 pounds or whatever um but apart from that it's much the same 15 questions I liked Millionaire when it was on um and I liked it more later on when they got rid of say three of the earlier questions they scrapped like the 200 pounds and yeah the 100 pounds 
it made it sort of quicker and snappier. Now they've got it back. You're just sort of sitting through all these sort of dead end easy questions till you get to one thousand pounds, really. And it, you feel myself, like you're waiting for the failure. Yes, you're waiting I, I, for I, the one person that's going to get it wrong. The ask the host thing. I mean, I only watched the first one, and it was. Clarkson saying he didn't like cricket very much, but he knew where the ground was because he knew his UK geography. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you've watched how many of these? I've seen two of these. I, I mean, I like Millionaire at the beginning. I remember it being, you know, a must-see moment of TV when it first started. It is a good quiz show. It does suck you in. But I'm not really up for this level of nostalgia, really. I think mm. it's sort of lazy. And I always think with Millionaire... When you go on a, and I hate this phrase, a journey with a contestant and it all ends because they either get something wrong or they want to walk away, which is fine, and you have to start again with a new person at £100, it sort of loses its momentum. Mm. And I've always thought that's a flaw. I don't really have any interest in this sort of nostalgia. I watched it purely because I had curiosities as to how Jeremy Clarkson would be taken. I thought he did a better job than most people would give him credit for. But on the other hand, shouldn't we be focusing on the next big ITV hit rather than this continual revel in in this sort of nostalgia that we're always longing for? And as I said to you yesterday, the anniversary, if this is, it's got anniversary written all over it, didn't start till, when did we say, September or August 98? Yeah, September. <laughs> They've got it out early before something. I don't quite know why. Well, September sort of, will be their new autumn lineup, I suppose. Yeah, but I don't it just know. sort of sits there awkwardly. I don't really quite know why it's on I, now. I, think, I mean, I, I thought the Saturday night one was quite entertaining. I, as you, I agree with you. Clarkson did better than I think a lot of people gave him credit for. I thought the format change was okay. I do agree about the lower amount questions. They're silly. I liked the change. I don't like Ask the Host because in the first three questions that he asked, he just went, I don't know. And, and that's the problem with the Ask the Host. It's not actually his decision. He gives an answer and it's whether you accept it. I think a better thing would have been Ask the Host and it's their answer's the final answer. That would have been more tense. But I enjoyed the one on Saturday night. If they'd have shown five over the next five Saturdays, I think I would have been all right. But the fact that it's on every night, by about Monday, I was like, there's nothing new here. I can't be bothered with the next night. Yeah, I no doubt they'll, they'll bring it back. I, ju- I just think... Oh, yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I, I think so because I've seen positive things about it on my timeline mm. from people from people who were dismissive of Clarkson. I, as I could see, I could see them doing like a four-week run in any month in the year just for, to bring it back, and then that feels like a gap between X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or, or you know, or The Voice. It fills those gaps in. And they're quite cheap to make. I mean, it's just a studio, really, isn't it? It's, there's nothing really dramatic. Clarkson's not cheap, though. No. Yeah, I just think Kevin Ligo has not been the revolutionary ITV I was hoping for after Peter Fincham and is just sort of... You know, this year we've had Dancing on Ice, we've had this come back, and it just seems like he's grasping at straws trying to find something. Well, I don't know if how much of it is his decision and how much he sort of feels pressure from... Others doing ITV is different from sort of Channel Four or BBC. You know, you've got a certain populist audience. You know, you're not going to get the same sort of stuff that you would on Channel Four. Say, it would be interesting to find out how much of it is already contractually agreed before he arrives. Because obviously, oh no, he's been there long enough to make. Well, yeah. What I'm saying is, is that if if you're if you're talking about Saturday night being their big night, they're locked into the Voice in the early part of the year. Then Britain's Got Talent. 
then the X Factor, then Celebrity. Uh, it, it, you know, there are certain shows that yeah, are kind but of. He could, he could pull. He could at the end of the day pull the plug on any of those, and he was um, very keen to bring back Dancing on Ice at the, at the time. Yeah. Said that was a show he would bring I, back. I, I, I just, don't know I that. Just think it's lazy. Yeah. And, Last and, laugh in Vegas and gone yeah. to pop. The, the only problem is, is that yes, he can pull those things, but he's got something to put in its place. And next up, we've got PTK's Car Share, which uh, returned for a one-off unscripted special on Monday night. This was unscripted in terms of what John and Kaylee were um, doing in the car, Peter Gay and Sean Gibson, but there was a lot of scripting on the radio, on the Forever FM. What we see is what they're hearing and seeing for the first time and yeah. talking about for the first time. To me, it was like Karsha should be, and it didn't matter to me whether it was unscripted or not. But I, I had my little niggles with the four episodes we got last year, this made me laugh out loud a fair few times. Mm. And the one pleasure of the unscripted was I knew that when they were laughing, that they were laughing yeah. genuinely, that it wasn't... The like, um, BLT and the club sandwich. Yeah, and what the club sandwich and, and you know, what does all this, this the words for the stroke mean? Yeah, the stroke, mean? yeah. Yeah. Act fast. That's what they say, don't they, when you have a stroke? No one knows what it means, though, do they? Act fast. Act fast, but what is it? Face, arm. Oh, is it? Face, arm. Shins, toes. Is it balls, shins and toes? I know T's time. I don't know what S is. What's S? Well, be shoes. Face, arm. Shoes? I just think that thing's beginning with S. Face, arm. Signs. Signs. Is it signs? I don't know. Look it up on my phone. Face, arm. The daft one, that it's not like think car, think bike. Face. Yeah. Arms. Um. Hold on. Buffering. Yeah. See, this could be urgent now. Time you figured it out, they're bloody dead. And the hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades. A soap strip or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. The, the singing in the car, the head, the small stuff. Yeah. It, I thought it was really funny. What I what I didn't expect, and and what I think a lot of people would be surprised by, is it's had a bit of a what I think to be an unfair backlash. Mm, the transphobic thing. I wouldn't have given that a second thought. No. See, the thing is, at the time, I knew in a way that that because people like to pick up on these things, don't they? And mm. obviously, in the first place, someone had to write that and think, you know it would be something that they'd like to see the characters react to. And obviously people have been sort of saying, well, that's how John and Kaylee would react and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. They were reacting not to the fact that the husband was sort of dressing as a woman, was a transsexual, but the fact that he, you know, had this reaction on his wife sort of thing. And I I didn't find it was... You know, they they were turning their noses up at the, the, the concept of you know, a transvestite as much as they were just this story, really. 
But I just think it's just a reflection on perhaps even... I mean, I don't think my site that we work on is is doing it, but it is a reflection on there's got to be something to say about it. Mm. And instead of, oh, it was wonderful and the, it was just a nice half hour, then it seems to be a shame that that tiny eight-minute bit or maybe even shorter than that has been put under the spotlight because Peter Kay sort of manages to avoid controversy for the most part quite easily. I think mm. his comedy is, is pretty universal. Obviously, there's those who like him and don't. That's a different thing. But it seems a shame that that's been brought into focus because I, I genuinely wouldn't have given it a second thought. It is funny that it was on the same night as Channel 4's Genderquake, but that, <laughs> but that is a different matter. So, well, we'll but, talk about that later. I, got well, Ga- I think Gary do. watched it. Gary quite. No, but I, I, Gary, <laughs> but I, I did laugh at that line a lot. It, it was very and funny. And some I, of the sight gags as well, like the Venga bus and Halaldi. Halaldi, that was my favourite. I'm going to miss it. We're going to get the, uh, the fourth series again on Monday nights now. And then on the next bank holiday, which is at the end of May, that's when the final one will be. I thought that because I thought, why are they repeating the second yeah. series? So then. sort of to let you see it, and then they'll tie up the loose ends. But I did laugh out loud a lot, and I, and although I praised Mum, I just loved Mum, and I loved those characters. But mm. I didn't laugh out loud a lot. Whereas no. with with this, I was laughing out loud oh, on poorly. my own, which is something I don't often do. It just felt, I I suppose, Natural. the knowledge of the, and the rea- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the natural, as you said, the natural reactions to, you know, the gags and the and and the fact they're doing this in character, but occasionally you see sort of the breaks in character and things like that. Mm. And what have you done today to make you feel yeah. proud? That that's what you've done today. That, yeah, that, that impression. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd never go off car share, but I was slightly disappointed mm. by those four episodes we got. You did you, you the safari part one you didn't like? No, my no, my least favorite one was the was the Irish guy in the car with them. Oh yeah, from yeah. Game of Thrones. I didn't mind the safari park, although that because it had a lot of good stuff up until the monkey was in the back of the car. It was probably something I'll remember for a long time, and it just reminded me how much yeah. I love those characters and those two actors, Peter Kay and Sean Gibson, have had that friendship for donkey's years, and you can so tell. I think it's great, and it's a shame that some bad sort of press has come out of it. Mm. But I loved it. What's the U for in a club sandwich? What's the U stand for? What do you mean? Chicken, lettuce, bacon, what's the U? What are you on about? Field is bacon, lettuce, tomato. Yeah. Club is chicken, lettuce, U and bacon. It don't stand for nothing. Well, must do. It isn't chicken. Chicken, le- lettuce, bacon, what's the U? There is no U. Who says it's chicken, lettuce and... Bacon. Well, that's a club sandwich, chicken, lettuce, bacon. Why call, Who said? Why call it a club? I don't know why it's called a club. That's just standard. But what's the you then? I don't know, that's why I'm asking you. It isn't chicken, lettuce and bacon. And well, that's a club sandwich, chicken, lettuce and bacon. I just need to know what the you is. There is no you. Well, there why it... call it a club then? Because then it'd be club... club sandwich. Well, you just call it a CLB, like a BLT. The you's nothing. The you's you being thick. That's the you. I'm going to Google that. Well, Google away. Shall we move to Netflix and do Safe? 
yeah, this is um, very similar, you may remember, to Skies the Five. So how that worked was respected American crime writer Harlan Coben worked with Manchester-based production company Red Productions, run by the great Nicholas Schindler, who we've spoken about uh, on this podcast, and two on this podcast. Um, He works with them and comes up with a story, which then, in the case of The Five, and with this new Netflix drama, Safe, gets passed off to British screenwriter Daniel Brocklehurst, or Danny Brocklehurst, who we've spoken about a lot of his things. And in this case, it went straight to Netflix rather than to Sky or to any other UK broadcaster. This is a eight-part drama, I believe. No, ten-part drama about people within a exclusive gated community whose lives are torn apart when a girl goes missing, a young girl. The young girl is the daughter of surgeon played by michael c hall with a very convincing british accent i'm not sure where he was meant to be from in england but it sounded like it was somewhere near johannesburg he's the main lead and then we got amanda abington who who lives in the same gated community has a bit of a relationship with michael c hall's character romantically and is slowly revealed to be the police officer investigating his daughter's disappearance we've got well uh, uh, can i stop you Yes. She's not yet investigating the disappearance. Uh, can I can I stop you as well and just say uh, you were right the first time with eight episodes? Thank you. And she the, is she is no she's oh. not. Okay, it starts with her investigating a French teacher. Thank you. At, and then slowly, slowly, slowly develops into her investigating the disappearance. By episode two, she is definitely yeah. investigating the yeah. disappearance. Uh, and throughout the whole series, she is. We've got her husband who lives in the caravan on the drive of the house. And then we've got uh, Mark Warren as um, as Michael C. Hall's best mate. who's a little bit... You're dodgy. not really sure what to make of him. He's a little bit dodgy. The other key players are Layla Roos, formerly of Oops. Footballers Wives, and uh, Nigel Lindsay of The Last Series of Unforgotten and a lot of other things as a pair of sort of overly overt married couple who have a young daughter who throws a party that gets a little bit out of hand there's drugs at the party and the missing girl and her boyfriend are at this party and that was the last time she was seen and it unveils there Harlan Coben unlike Gary I've not read a lot of his stuff but I know that he's known for twists and turns and there are a fair few of these throughout the first episode and I would argue that it works well on the binge market because you can just go straight to the next one to the next one and it does feel a bit like a sort of a solid holiday read where I struggled is I didn't really feel the characters were that well drawn I thought they were really thin and also I thought tonally it was all over the place some people felt like they didn't really belong Mm. Nigel Lindsay was a bit daft Really weak, I thought. I had no real compel in me to go, I must see what happens next. And Amanda Abington, I didn't buy as a policewoman. And the dialogue between the and, two of them yeah, was just the new, horrendous. Yeah, the new uh, oh. recruit played by Hannah Artisan, Gemma She Artisan's was sister. awful. She awful. was awful. The beginning of the episode I didn't like. The middle bit I thought was a lot better. I didn't really like the ending. Um, so I think I will watch episode two to see how that progresses. I did like Michael C. Hall's English accent, and it didn't get in the way of the show. 
No, I would oh. agree. It wasn't jarring. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't jarring. jarring. I, I can see what just... you're saying. It's it's not Dick Van Dyke, you know, no. chimney sweep. Well. But also, it's not you know, it's not about the worst I've ever seen. What do um, you think about the the two police women? Because I hated them. I mean, I have a problem with Amanda Abington. There's a few actors and actresses in this country that are, have the most incredible agents and can get them into these. Do you not big, like big Amanda shows. Abington? Not really. I haven't. I liked really him. like Amanda Abington. No, Sherlock. I think she was just really irritating. I really and liked her in Mr. Selfridge. I thought she was one of the best. I the I think in this she's got an ever-expanding part that's quite small at the beginning and I, th- I think it, I th- I'm hoping that she as an actress will take over as she doesn't get involved I, I think I will watch a second one I think I will base it on the second one and how it goes now we got I don't think it's appropriate for us to give any kind of reveal uh, of what happens at the end of episode one but I think that might shape how I how I view the next episode I didn't like the way they structured the story either. And I, I like not being told everything, but at the same time, that he was almost trying to be too clever with the script, mm. like holding yeah. too much back. And I, at the end of the first episode, I was confused rather than intrigued by what was mm. going on. But I thought, I'll give it another chance because, as you say, we've got two episodes. I would do it with other series, so I want to give it a go. I think I still feel the same as I did after episode one there was a couple of bits where and oh i didn't expect that oh they they sort of twisted a few things around but what i would say as well is that you're not quite sure who the focus is meant to be obviously michael c hall is the is the name and is the one yeah. whose daughter's gone missing but then you spend a lot of time with amanda abington as well with her husband being in the you know in the caravan and, and then you start gel, to spend you start to spend as you say like nigel Lindsay. He, he tones down the comedy a bit in the second episode, but it was strange seeing him in this and then watching the first episode of Innocence and thinking, yeah. How it's talking about agent- having good agents, you know, yeah. all these sort of sexy women and yeah. love interests. How does he get Le- Leila Ruas in one series and Angel Colby in the next? That's- Is that a bit of a spoiler for Innocence? Not really. So, yeah, like, as you said, imbalancing tone, lack of focus... Very generic in someone's gone missing, I need to talk to this person, then we'll go and see this person. Or mm. they, they do go into the gated community thing a bit more and say, you know, there are cameras everywhere we can sort of yeah. chart. I agree with Luke that I think there's the characters are thinly drawn. I don't know who the focus is meant to be. There wasn't many sort of like quiet moments in the first one either. It's all sort of quite combative. Mm. You know, everyone's having a go at each one. Everyone's being sort of snipey to everyone. There's no moments of sort of just spending time with the characters before the plot kicks in, I suppose. Uh, and it's weird because it's not a case where there's not enough going on. There's loads going on. Too much, just, maybe. You're almost... Yeah, may, maybe too much. Of mm. And I can't work out whether that's... This is for Netflix, so we have to get people to keep watching, or whether it's just the way it's written. And I don't... You know, I've gone backwards and forwards on Danny Brocklehurst, and I think I've gone backwards and forwards on Red because they they have made a lot of my favourite shows. It's just that they've now since moved into these bigger budget, glossier looking things. Hello, Paranoid from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I just feel no emotional connection to it at all. Mm. And this this and also also a co-production with Canal Plus in in France and Netflix. Ah, bonjour. Talking of European uh, Netflix shows, uh, The Rain, which is oh. a Danish program, which I saw on Twitter last night. Gary 
didn't like at all. It starts with um, a scientist chap taking his two children to safety. Turns out there's uh, a rainfall coming that ha- it contains a deadly virus, like some of the nearby towns have already sort of been struck by it and people are suffering from respiratory problems. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, the family managed to get down into the bunker. The dad then escapes in the hazmat suit saying he needs to sort it out. You know, he's the, the younger brother, Rasmus, is the key. So he needs to be kept safe. The mother then soon dies sort of trying to fight off uh, someone who wants to climb in their bunker. And it, took, and it sort of boils down to Rasmus and his sister Simone spending six years together in this bunker, waiting for the dad to return. Their air is cut off, they have to come out and are being confronted by sort of a, gu- a mass of sort of gun-toting youths who are the other survivors. And I did watch a little bit of the second one where they sort of try and build up sort of more of the survivors and their characters and things like that and... They are trying to then find like food and water and things like that. Gary, you didn't like this at all. No, I, I, I I'm so disappointed with this that the, some of the read-ups that I'd written, sorry, some of the write-ups that I read, sorry, the other way around, sorry. <laughs> it was generic. The conversations were unrealistic. I know we're watching it either in a foreign language. Uh, either being interpreted into into did you, you know watch uh, it dubbed or did you watch I, it? I tried a little bit of both i watched some dubbed and then i turned over to subtitles to see if that was was annoying and unfortunately the script was i mean and obviously we are taking things into another language either either way but just some of the conversations i mean the fact that they kind of went oh you must save rasmus was just so he's the what? key i thought i didn't need to see that I, I but that like is to... like the major plot point of it. I don't see sure, why you had an issue with I, that. I, th- I feel like you kind of re- removed any sense of suspense about what the plot might be with I that. I don't think by you saying did. that. Well, what's well, the I, plot I, then? I, well, I, I think they telegraphed it too much. In what way? What's, that... What is the story then? Well, no, but I, I don't know, but I'm fairly sure. But you just said they way. telegraphed it. Yeah, because he said Erasmus is yeah. the key to everything. Yeah. But he didn't say, you know, he wasn't explicit. No, but in, then, what he in a better storyline way, for, in my opinion. I've seen that just... a lot of times where they sort of say this person, is, you know, you've got to look after this person. But they don't say why. I mean, no, it's something, it as was... we saw throughout the first episode, it has got something to do with the virus that Rasmus was injected with a virus and there's obviously a virus in the rain. What it felt like to me was that he was just dropping you a little sort of breadcrumb of story and, and left you guessing. 
I feel it, it dropped a baguette more than a breadcrumb. No. I feel, I, I feel like... It dropped a Danish pastry. Okay. Nice. I feel like, for me, it could have just said, look after your brother. And that makes perfect sense. She is the older sister. But then to go, he is the key to all of this, I didn't like because it didn't allow me or any sense of storytelling for that to come out. It almost felt like we need to get to that point really quickly. So mm-hmm. get that out there now. What else didn't you like about it? Um, I didn't like a lot of the characters. I thought that the the sister was a bit annoying, the lead character. Uh, she seemed very... And there was the random swearing as well, um, which, I mean, I'm not adverse to swearing. Yeah, in I didn't context. notice that because I was watching it subtitled, so maybe... Yeah, I mean, when I was watching it in, in, in yeah. the other form, it, that there was some sort of strange swearing. And I, li- I liked the opening, you know, that, that you know we're looking at the three young people doing a book report or something, you know, they're talking, oh, the and then all of a sudden... I really disliked. I quite like the fact within the first three minutes, right, we're out, the rain mm. is coming. You know, get. I do like the idea that they got to the point of the show quickly. Yeah, yeah go on, I, I, I agree with Gary, but not with not with necessarily all his points. I agree that it was incredibly disappointing because while the subject matter isn't something I would automatically gravitate to in the same way he might, I know that the Danes are very capable of building very believable and very sort of worlds that you can get your head around and the characters are all, always quite interesting. This felt, again, I thought tonally it was weird, the way it started as sort of a teen thing and then diverted into this weird sci-fi acid rain type thing coming down. I didn't believe any of the special effects. I thought they were dreadful. It all felt very done on the cheap and I think... When you when you look at it like that, you you struggled to get in immersed in it, or at least I did. I didn't find the sister that annoying, but I get your point. I don't think she was a very compelling character, and I I just didn't feel connected again. And I feel like I say this time and time again that it it just didn't gel with me. It didn't grab me, and I was very disappointed because although I didn't have high hopes, I liked being drawn in by these foreign dramas and they do have the the chance to do that i mean i didn't go back to below the surface but i which also not... starred albert august who played yeah. some and i liked did... the idea of of being confined because that can often be an interesting plot device where two people are stuck together but it it just felt really ban- banal and nothingness mm. i mean was there anything in two to I like. To be honest, I disagree with both of you. I quite like this. I, I found it a really easy watch. Oh, it's um, an easy I liked, watch. I yeah. liked the claustrophobia setting. I liked the sort of the fact that we knew a little bit about Magnus Rasmus even and his, you know, he his sort of special gifts. He's sort of almost like semi autistic and would just sort of snap at her. You say about a teen drama, it does feel like it is going into that territory because all the survivors that they are with are all of the of a similar age i've and never seen the 100 but i imagine it's in the this same feels way. like it is going to be a bit like that and i have to say i was impressed by the first episode the second episode didn't grab me as much and i, I i'm in two minds whether to go back to it because when it focuses on simone i think they i disagree i think they did a good job of building her up as a character and i found the performance by Albert august very compelling but i think Watching some of the second episode, I felt like maybe I wasn't in the mood for it at the time, but maybe it's like the these other characters that they're introducing. 
because you've spent so much time with Simone and with Rasmus yeah. in this first episode that then having to sort of put them in the background and have these other characters didn't really work for me. But I, I think I enjoyed it more than the two of you did. Did you stick with Dark, Gary? No. And maybe, again, that was one I watched dubbed. And maybe I should go back to enjoying it, you know, maybe in, with, with, with the, with the do subtitles. You think, I don't know. Moving on to the really... bridge, do you think that would work if you had to have that dubbed rather than in subtitles or the killing or Morgan? I don't you know. know. These ones I you've enjoyed. I, I, it's a very good question. Mm. Uh, I I would hope that the writing. Why would you choose to watch it dubbed when none of these uh, ones that you've enjoyed, you know, you have been do, dubbed? You, you can do other things, and you can you can relax. I find it more relaxing to watch it like a more traditional British television show. Mm. Yeah, but it's not made that way. It's made to be. No, honest. I know, and that's why I switched halfway through. But I I, I did mm. I did learn that's even more bizarre. Switch. To be honest with you, doing half. Well, I am that. Friday night, 9pm BBC yeah. Two, The Bridge is back on for its final series. I just finished series three um, last week, so I'm sort of going into this, having the characters sort of fresh in my mind. It's three years after the end of the last series. Um, right. Saga has been sort of found guilty and is in jail for killing her mother, something that we're led to believe that she didn't do because we know the character, but obviously there was sufficient evidence to prove that she did. Um, Henrik is um, sort of trying to still get over the... Well, we know his wife's dead and his kids have gone missing and he's off the drugs. His kids that he saw visions of in the last series, they were just sitting and playing cartoons. In this series, they've turned into the twins from The Shining. Yeah, Yeah, Um, they are, they are. As as is always with the bridge, there's a body found on the bridge, and it is the Danish um, yes immigration officer, immigration officer, head of immigration, well, and there has there's been not a body found. We've seen her killed, which is where actually. Oh, it's, well, the, yeah, it's a good point. It, it, both of you are correct. We see her being killed, but of course, when they find her, it is a yeah. body. One of the things the bridge has managed to do. What's the biggest story in the British press at the moment? Immigration. Yeah, fantastic. I thought that this was a very sort of timely theme and she's stoned to death is that right yes the insinuation is that she was just about to deport a gay iranian man um, and, and that she was celebrating it. actually and i'm going to do a gary and focus on the minutiae she wasn't celebrating herself no. the staff in her department that were celebrating oh, God. sorry i love the character of the guy that is now uh, the other the other guy's uh, partner yeah i was gonna who, get who basically mansplains the whole thing every time he's basically the gruff mansplainer and he just goes you just learned that word yeah i think you, so I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the word of the week it's the guy from borgen it's um it's it is yeah it's husband from borgen really... he's basically gene hunt yes, yes he, he is. is a bit yeah it's a very good analogy He's basically very sort of foul-mouthed. He keeps referring to the Iranian uh, homosexual Tarek as a homo. You know, he he doesn't mince his words, basically. Um, He's just very brusque and, you know, Henrik hasn't got any time for him and he misses Saga and he's still seeing Saga in prison and they're having the old conjugal visits. I I like how he refers to her as Sega. He always calls her Sega. Like the Mega Drive. Like the Mega Drive, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hold on, I've got me joke, hold on. Go on. This whole episode is called The Hunt for Red October. The sort of prime suspects, as Gary alluded to, um, are a vigilante group called Red October. uh, That uh, There's a journalist who is tracking them down who is a twin 
Yeah. Um, and his twin keeps pretending to be him to get women. That's the new sort of... Um, He's a journalist, isn't he? They yeah. like to have journalism oh, in well, every... The, the, there's a third and fourth thing going yeah, on because on. there's there's also a um, mother who is living with a teenage son who is sort of on the road. Oh, yeah. Battered wife type situation. Yeah. Who and... is the taxi driver who drove the yeah. woman who's been killed yeah. to the hotel where she was last seen. And well, you think it was a hotel, but then it turned out to be a gay nightclub. Yeah. And there is in this the um, sort of a, um, feeling that she's being helped by somebody who is like a member of a cult, maybe that's what I got from it, who's going to bring her and her son to live with them. Well, you, mm. you, you're supposed to, I think, maybe think that that's Red October, but of course it could not be, which is one of the good yeah. things about the bridges. It doesn't give you everything in the episode one. It mm. it really does tease you and, and stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I really like about the bridge and what I think makes it stand out is in all these situations so far, and I believe so in the other episodes, it's not like where they see these characters and then somehow they end up joining up. What they do, which is very clever, is, and you take the story of the taxi driver, he was interviewed first, then you saw a bit of his side story about wife battering. From that, the woman who, you know, is the wife and the cult and the thing. What it does very cleverly is it bolts on these other things into the main story quite quickly. And that's why I think the bridge stands out. That level of writing where they want to di- misdirect you, mm. but still keep you entertained and still keep a rough link to the main storyline. Like I think in something they do differently. Series three as well had that drug dealer who was like yes. the East worker, yeah. and he yeah. seemed like he was the big boss, but then he just got killed off, didn't he? Yeah. Like, I tell you what's I- interesting. We've been sort of influenced by Nordic noir. And yet I don't think we um, are doing that where we just do shows where characters pop in, pop out. Mm. Are all, I don't think we can. I don't think we've done it. I don't think if we've done it, we've done it. I think we're well. too focused on names. I, I don't think mm. actors in this country would want to just be in three out of the eight episodes I, and have a storyline that's not linked to the main plot. Just to bounce off Gary, I was thinking the exact same thing because like, Obviously, apart from like, you know, if it's a face from, as you say, Borgen and the killing like the new partner mm. is, that we know the sort of the level of the actors in Scandinavia. Whereas if we were watching it here, it's a, oh, this character is going to be here long because it's played by X or played yes. by Y. Or, yeah. So, you know, there's not that level and of. I like, suppose we would be particularly in tune with that. Like if. James Nesbitt pops up. We're gonna go. Oh yeah. Well, obviously yeah. James Nesbitt. Although, the although the uh, the level killed off Philip Glenister in episode. All right, one. Matt. <laughs> but, but, uh, they don't put the emphasis so much on the actors and actresses. It's the storyline, the plot. It's made stars, obviously, like Saga Nora and 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 the girl from the Lady from the Killing. But I don't think that's its starting focus. Uh, what do you think of the stuff with Saga? Because I found that the most sort of predictable what happens a little to bit generic the end of the you know a police officer in prison being targeted by mm. someone who hates police officers mm. you know she's just brilliant in the role and and her, you know they give her something to do with saga being in prison and i i mean the stuff with her like being in pottery class i thought was hilarious i mean there's always yeah. that level of sort of dark humor I, I, I think as well the, the the stuff you know that going back to the fact of her her mental health condition you know oh you've moved my stuff i don't you won't know how i like it and mm-hmm. you know the fact that all of all this piece of person that hated the police i had to do was come in and move her things and that was enough to provoke an attack I really liked it. I've got to say, it, it didn't yeah. take me long to get back in the rhythm of it. Mm. Um, he- Henrik 
I I got to like towards the end of the yeah. third series, and I would say that there were parts of this first episode that dipped with with him in it because his story is so sort of heavy. I liked and bleak him going to the group. Yes, I liked I that scene. That. Yeah, I didn't mind uh, that. And I think that's a good thing to explore a storyline of his own that's not just about what well, it is about his missing family, I suppose, but it's something else as well. I thought it was really solid, and, and I had watched, basically I'd watched the shows we talked about in the order we've gone about discussing them, and I was kind of dreading the bridge in a way, because I'd liked it so much previously, and I thought, you know, am I going to... I didn't like the rain, I didn't like... Um, safe. Safe, and I thought, have I just gone off things? And I wasn't. didn't take me too long to get back in the rhythm of this, and I thought the... The opening scene, although brutal, with the lady being stoned yeah. to death, it's going to stick with you. You remember it. It it was well done and it was well executed. And, and I think you, that's the other. If thing. you'll pardon the pun, no, I've got all eight already oh. uh, from where they, from where they aired uh, earlier on in the year in their native land, and I kind of want to do all eight because that's how I've done all three series of the bridge: just one, two, three, four, just like that. And then I think, yeah. am I, am I, do I want to discuss it weekly? So. Matt, I have you, that, you I went through all three. This, can I just say that I have this feeling that this could be an absolute sleeper hit for BBC Two. I feel like we should do weekly. And Matt, mm. you did all three. You've done all three series in preparation. Well, no, I just did three. I watched one and two while yeah. they were on. You haven't really said whether you enjoyed it or yeah, not. Yeah, I was waiting for you to finish. Yeah, I, I think I, I sort of agree with Luke to an extent that... I think I enjoyed it more going sort of at full pelt, going through like about seven episodes in a week. I think I did. I agree with you though, Gary, because there is a lot of stuff in one episode of The Bridge. There's a lot yeah. of stuff in each one. You, you could. Uh, there, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm fairly sure people have. I'm sure there are podcasts out there that dissect each episode. <laughs> but I really do feel like there's an opportunity to do that, as we know it's the last series as well. Mm. No, I and agree with you there. Th- there's fewer episodes. There's only eight rather than the normal ten. Yeah. So, um, and it was it was hailed and as the best yet in its. You're thinking of the rain again. That's that's hail. No, yeah. no. <laughs> it was it was named as the best series yet in its native. Country, well, I, I, so. I mean, to me, series one would take some topping, and you know, I, I th- although I think series two and three were both excellent. I still think the original part, you know, the, the original shock and the way they did it is hard. I mean, it spawned how many how many spin-offs has that 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 first series done now? There was one. Three, I think. I think that's incredible. You know, the, and well, one no, of them. We should, we should say remakes, not spin-offs. Yeah. Sorry, a remake. Sorry. Well, what was there? There was the the bridge with the uh, U.S. and Stephen... uh, Mexico, and then the yeah. tunnel with Stephen Delane and Clemence Posse. What was the third I'm sure one? That, I'm sure they did more than. Okay. I mean, the killing was only remade in in America. It wasn't remade internationally as well. So I mean, it's not like we over even overtaken that. A little You're bit. right, Luke. There is a third one, which is um, an Estonian and Russian series. Right. That's obviously what you were thinking. An obscure third one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I was just fascinated so, that that we felt we had to remake it because it is all it is still BBC Four's most successful. Um, but it was yeah, a strange one. It was by Atlantic or mm. the production company. I mean, so it was even, even though, and, and, and I, I know people that have watched, is it three series of the tunnel and say yeah. it's really yeah. good, but 
I didn't get past the first couple of episodes because I thought this isn't the as good as the original. The first one they did was a sort of remake of yeah. the bridge, whereas the second one they didn't do the same story. They, you they quite enjoyed off. that second one, didn't you, Matt? For a yeah, time. I watched a few episodes of it, but I, I, I'd, I don't I'd know like why to I go back it. to it, but I don't know if I could go through series Angel one. I don't know. As well. I did enjoy it. The saga stuff was, I don't know, a little bit generic, but it worked because of the performance. And obviously, it's hard to say, you know, what's going to happen in the sort of the central crime storyline. But, you know, I'm willing to go on the journey with the, the characters. The Bridge, Friday night, BBC Two uh, for the next eight weeks uh, on Friday nights at nine. Um, then Safe is all on Netflix. The Rain is all on Netflix. Billionaire is on the hub if you want to go yes. back. If you, if you or or on telly on Friday night. I think we've been done the most worldly podcast there we've ever done in a weird way. We have gone around the world, yeah, but we still haven't baby. found my baby. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It takes some some hunting down that baby. I tell you. Yeah, leave it. <laughs> so, maybe um, maybe you'll be a jelly baby. <laughs> Pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> idea of a giant jelly baby just moving on <laughs> Gary what is sorry your... sorry at least Luke Luke you're at a high still and we're almost at the end of the podcast yeah, no, he's obviously a... jelly babies that, 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 gonna... that obviously gone straight into intravenous, intravenous that... drip um I think I will go with and it's a little a little bit on the left field I will go with bulletproof on sky one uh, it stars Ashley Waters and Noel Clarke in a, what looks like a quite a generic buddy cop movie um, working around London. Noel Clarke is almost a better director than actor. I really love some of the stuff he's directed, not so much what he's been in. I would say he's a good writer as well. Yeah, so I don't know. This this has the idea. There isn't really, I mean, outside of Lethal Weapon, there isn't really anything like this at the moment. So maybe there's a gap for something like that. And it hasn't sort of been overly hyped so I'm going to give this a go with reasonably low expectations. Pick of the week, not low expectations of the week. Well, no, was... but, you know, I, I know you, we've already talked about a couple of them and I don't know how I feel about some of the others. For me, shall I go? I'll go for Innocent because I watched this last night um, and we talked about it earlier. It's Chris Lang, new crime drama, four parts. Uh, stars Lee Ingleby as a man who uh, was convicted of murder and um, is um, acquitted or at least found innocent and let, you know, out of jail after seven years and him trying to sort of rebuild his life and connect with his kids and the sort of investigation in the reinvestigation into the murder as well. So interesting cast to Miley Norris, Angel Colby and uh, Nigel Lindsay again, um, who has, you know, has got Agent of the Year award, I think. As yes, we... <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of torn. Um, so Hi, Natalie and Brilliant. Right, contemporary reference I will go with because I don't often champion these things, there's a 90 minute documentary on BBC 2 on Monday night about uh, the procedure of receiving and getting a heart transplant they do these things really well and the access they get is, is you know unparalleled I just think that we should talk about these things more even if we don't review them. They're difficult to review, but I wanted them wanted to point your face at this. It's Heart Transplant, A Chance to Live, 9 o'clock Monday night on BBC Two. Twitters, if you want to find out what's making Gary miserable in the week, 
you can go on his at the Gary Show. I'm at Luke Custard TV. Matt if is I, if at I can just TV preview, the, uh, mostly it will be this podcast that will make me. Yeah, yeah. I've got to edit it. There's Matt at Matt's TV Bites. There's me at Luke Custard TV. We're on Facebook as well. That's facebook.com forward slash the Custard TV. The other thing on the TV next week is the new Showtime slash Sky Atlantic drama Patrick Melrose starring Benedict Cumberbatch, which has just made the site go absolutely viral. Well, do you remember the, the most highly rated podcast we have was a chat with Benedict Cumberbatch? I know. There is something. I will now cover everything he ever does with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Patrick Melrose is on the site now, along with what will soon be uh, an interview with the director of Innocent, Richard Clark, who speaks about the challenges and the, the fun of creating a crime drama for TV. But also, not only that, um, gets quite in-depth about um, TV and the industry. It wasn't going to be a, a podcast originally, and then it was such a fascinating chat we had that I just decided I'd like to put it all out for everyone to hear. So that'll be coming up on Tuesday. Um, what else? YouTube.com forward slash the Custard TV where you can listen to all of our individual reviews going back donkey's years. 2012 or 2013, Matt, is it? On the YouTube is 2013 because I haven't put any of the 2012 reviews well, up there. I don't know yet. what you do with your free time, but, you know... Get on it. There might be another <laughs> social media outlet coming soon as well. I'll I'll tease that. Get us on all your regular podcast apps. We we always ask uh, if you can review us to get us up the iTunes chart. And I'm going to start asking this properly now. It would mean an awful lot if you enjoy the podcast. If you could find us on iTunes, just write a few words about what it is you enjoy and just recommend it to others. It does help um, just to raise the profile of both the podcast and the site, so if you could do that. And if you want to go a little bit extra and you can give us um, some money, just a tiny bit, uh, we will reward you via our patron service where we do extra helpings, which is further discussions mm. on the bigger show. We've shows. got nine on there already. The latest yeah. one is me and Luke doing our predictions for this Sunday's BAFTA Awards. Yeah. Patreon, if you could find us there and support us there. Try it, see whether you like it, and uh, it all helps to, with the costs of running the site and keeping us going and ticking along nicely um i feel like i've covered almost everything have you done the emails apart from that (laughs) (laughs) so you you, nobody has in a while and it's it's disheartening give us some love maybe you completely disagree uh with our views on certain shows maybe you binged safe over this weekend and thought we're completely wrong and we should give it a second chance or a third chance then send us an email custard tv reviews and in case that wasn't clear, that's got an S on the end, at gmail.com, and we will endeavour to either give you a mention or get back to you as quickly and as efficiently as we can. reviews at gmail.com. Next week on the podcast, as I say, Patrick Melrose, Innocent on ITV. Um, we had a whole list. and Bulletproof. Possibly, uh, yeah, also, really... Atlanta is coming to BBC Two, yes, uh, the Donald Glover uh, sitcom, and a BBC Four French astronaut drama called Missions. Okay, so that will be it. We'll be back next week to talk more TV and, of course, the BAFTA results as well. We'll, we might touch oh, yeah. on. This has been 
Cluster and Euro podcast. Eurovision, as I alluded to earlier in oh. my introduction. Oh, God. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.